It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's Matrix discussion group call for Catchical Sovereignty. This beautiful Sunday, the first day of the week, not the seventh, not the Sabbath. And had some interesting developments this weekend. Uh, we really didn't expect to have a call today. Uh, Talkshu has been down for the past oh, four or five days, something like that. And so we were just going to probably do a chat over our Uber line, but this afternoon, TalkShoe decided to come back up. I didn't really expect TalkShoe to go anywhere because, uh, like we were talking before the recording started, you know, it's just a huge platform that thousands of people use. And like I was saying, you know, it, there's everything from topics like what we discuss all the way down to uh, uh advanced underwater basket weaving, if people want to learn about that. I mean, there's everything and anything on TalkShoe you want to find. And, and so it's a good little social site for people to meet up and uh, people that are like-minded and have the same issues and things they want to talk about. So I really wasn't too worried about TalkShoe going anywhere, but fortunately it came up before our scheduled weekly call, and that worked out perfect. Um, so therefore... There really wasn't anything planned for this evening. And um, our creator seems to always take care of those things. And uh, today I got a message, got a, a PM from uh, Jeff Thomason, who is in uh, the government of the United States of America with me, uh, which has provided some templates for uh, different issues, whether it's regarding uh, court appearances or problems that happen on the roadway. And you know, I, I, if I recall correctly, I think a lot of those templates existed in some form or another uh, for quite a while. But here a few weeks ago, uh, I think we were on a call and uh, some tweaking was done to them and they were put out more for the public. And so therefore, Jeff was able to get his hands on them and use them towards his case. And uh, I guess with that being said, we'll just bring uh, Jeff Thomason on, and he can tell everybody his experience with court and uh, with the template and what he had to do with it, uh, whatever changes he needed to personalize it for, and the reaction and the result from it. How are you doing, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing good, Brian. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad to be here and glad to tell everybody about my experience. Well, I'm happy and proud to have you as a uh, fellow, I don't know what to say, member, I guess, I don't know, in uh, this government. You know, and, you know, one of the things I want to clarify for people, too, is I hear a lot of people that look at, like, um, the embassy site for this government or whatever, and they want to call BS on it and this and that. That's because they haven't really gotten into the meat and potatoes and seen what's been established and what's been set up for this to be... a actually a legitimate government 
under the law of nations. And one of the things, too, that confuses people is they're in that corporate mindset and things don't resonate with them, don't speak to them the same way as what they understand in U.S. Inc. Because U.S. Inc. is a top-down government where you have the the people up top that are making all the rules and decisions and telling you what you've got to do. Whereas in this government, it's a bottom-up government, which means it's there as a tool to be used by its own residents, its own people. To where you have an issue, you go to them and say, I need this taken care of. It's a totally flip-flop philosophy, but it's actually the way it's supposed to be set up. And that's exactly what happened with Jeff's situation. Um, He went ahead and used info from there and directed that towards U.S. Inc. and got a great result from it. Um, You only did one of the templates, didn't you, Jeff? Yes, I only used the charging document on the case, which was the driver's license, and it exposed the fraud in just that document. And then, you know, as you create that extra for that, there was uh, all their codes and statutes are fake after that document is fraud. So I think they recognized that immediately when I went into my preliminary hearing, I showed the prosecutor my documents with of my oath and a document of my ID. And he was like, he jumped back in his chair. He was like, oh, man, this is real. And now, hold on, hold on. When you say ID... Are you talking about that state-issued corporate driver's license, or are you talking about an ID from the government of the United States of America? Yes, my American national identification, yes. You know, now, with that response that he had and him jumping up and wanting to take that to the judge, which is actually supposed to be, legally, there's supposed to be a kind of an arm's length distance uh, between the judicial administrator and whether it's prosecutor or defense or even a jury. That's why you see anything that happens within the court, even the results of a jury, that the jury foreman will hand his, his decision or the jury's decision to the bailiff, and the bailiff hands it to the judge. And that's because there, there can't be a link between the two. It, they have to be all independent from each other, and that's why they use the bailiff for those things. So I thought that was really funny that you had said that, that the prosecutor just jumped right up and ran to the judge. It, it was like, uh, did the prosecutor think, oh, gosh, you know, We've got a fraudster here. Cool. Yeah, it was. He, you think it was because he was excited that he was going to be able to nab you or something? What do you think his reason for responding that way was? I believe it. It was because he knew that there was trouble, and she needed to understand that there is trouble, and this might not go how we planned it with this one. And you need to look at this real quick. And she was so far in her stammer 
that she wasn't going to have nothing to do with it. I mean, this lady, she's, it's so sad that she could do that day to day. But just the five or six people that went before me, they they were in complete destitute. They had nothing. And she put the hammer down on every one of them. And so when I got up there, I was obviously perturbed anyway because I know what's going on here. And I was able to, when I laid, I knew when I laid my documents down for this prosecutor that he should know he can't prosecute this case anymore. And he immediately jumped back. It was so funny to watch. I wish I would have been able to record every bit of it. And I was telling the guy earlier about it, because that actually was there, how comical it was and what she did throughout the whole thing and how it broke down when she she tried to uh, put me in contempt. And I was like, ma'am, I would appreciate if you wouldn't threaten me anymore. And her facial expression totally changed because I went at her with peace and she kept trying to war with me. I mean, literally three times she tried to get me in just that one hearing to take an attorney. And I'd already told her that I had talked to an attorney and he wanted so much money and told me, Specifically, that he could get all the cases dropped because I've never been in trouble in my life. So it was just so comical to me at that point that I had to go in there laughing. And don't get me wrong, you know, I after she got done rambling, I think she had like three years racked up of my life. <laughs> and I was like, there's absolutely no way that that's ever going to happen because of what I've learned in this place. And and now I have the proof of it. So you take it for what it is. Well, did, what statements? Did she make any statements or anything that you could hear uh, when the prosecutor went up and gave that to her? She uh, She really just babbled and kind of browsed through it and was like, I'm not having anything to do with any of this and handed it straight back to him. And then he walked back and handed it to me and she started rambling off my charges again. And, uh, and like I said, the, the time in their little cell was adding up and I was a little bit nervous about it. Don't you? I mean, who wouldn't be? But I knew that it was all fake because they're all for-profit prisons and what they're doing is only for a U.S. citizen that I have proof that I'm not anymore or ever was. So, But now I have standing because I have an oath and affirmation to a country. And that's what's really important. You have to have a country, otherwise you're getting kicked. Well, you're stateless. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and like you were saying, she kept wanting to come to war with you. And that's exactly what, you know, this goes back, everybody knows about, you know, admiralty and maritime law. It's actually maritime law, it's in, in admiralty jurisdiction. But what we see all the time, 
you know, you look in the past, you watch movies and stuff like that, and, you know, ships meet each other or see each other out on the high seas, and they pull out their long telescope and everything, and they look at the ship. What they're looking for is that flag. What flag is that ship flying under? You know what I mean? And when these people that think they're claiming American citizenship, which I contest there's very few actual American citizens or United States citizens out there, um, they're really flying flagless. You know what I mean? And so when these guys are coming to court and they're coming in there to war and they're flagless, I mean, that's how you're getting shafted. And you did the opposite of that. Yes. Uh, And right after it happened, uh, I was told that, okay, so if anybody doesn't know what happened, I got a DUI. And basically the story behind it was it was a Thursday in the spring. I didn't have to work. I was getting my mower ready to mow the yard all year and picking up what was around. And my wife came home. She was like, I'm going to go to the post office and check our mail. I'm going to go get my check from the bar because she's a bartender at the bar. And I'll be back. And I was like, okay, cool. It got to be about 8.30, 8.45, and I was like, you know what? I ain't heard from her. There's no service in this place because I live on the side of a rock, and this was in a metal building, so she could not get service. So I just drove up there. While I was there, one of the friends from a while, I sat and talked to him for about an hour. I drank a beer. Another half hour went by, I drank one more beer, and I was like, okay, we need to go home. I'm tired. I got to work in the morning. I finished the beer off. I followed my wife home. Three minutes on the back roads is basically what it takes. We passed nobody except for there was, after we left, this is hilarious too, because after we left, there was a bunch of guys in this bar, and they were BSing in the parking lot. And somebody thought they were fighting, so they called the police. Well, the cop that pulled me over was on his way back to check that out. But he said, I didn't stop at this stop sign, which is an incredible intersection where it goes out of town. It could be a hazard in the spring and summer because of all the foliage that you can't see down that street. You have to pull forward. However, I did stop behind my wife who stopped which is within 20 foot of the stop sign, so it doesn't. There's none of their codes say any of that either. However, I got pulled over. They gave me a DUI. Unbelievable the interactions there. They told me if I did not give them my blood, well, they wanted me to blow at the station. Before that, I blew on the road, which was under their minimum, and. Still, because I told it, this police officer told me three times, he said, three times, if you don't do this, it's no big deal. And I'm like, hold on a second. I was like, I'm hearing words here that I know are deceitful. Please say that to me again. Three times I made him say it to me. I was like, okay, I'll take the ticket, whatever you want. 
And he's like, okay, turn around and put your hands behind your back. I was like, you just said, if I didn't do this, it was no big deal. He's like, that's totally not what I said. But that's exactly what he said, but it was it was their legalese. So he was practicing law right there. And so anyway, they told me that if I didn't give them their my blood, they would tie me to a chair and take it from me in their police station. I'll never forget any of this. I have a total timeline written down, but I'll never forget in my life. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life, what happened that night. And I was exhausted, starving, and ready to go to bed. Needless to say, after all of that and all everything that happened, because I know what's going on today, I don't have any of those problems anymore, and I will never again, because I will not put myself in that position as a U.S. citizen ever again. And no contracts with the United States from now on. You mean you mean as American national? Absolutely. I'm an American national now. I will never be in a U.S. contract again. Well, I think one of the good things, too, with uh, what happened, I mean, as horrible of a situation as it was, was you actually got your real status put on the record right in court. Yes. Now my real status. It took me, and even before that, I uh, probably about seven months before that, my mother had turned me on to the government's videos. So... And immediately when I heard the first one, I was like, oh, man, I need to know more about this. This is, this is something. And me and my partner, all day long, we just listened to their videos. This is some of the first hero shows. And uh, Journey to Independence, the Reign of the Heavens videos, we just listened to them over and over and, I was, and then they started progressing with the T-Row shows. And I was like, this is so real. This is what's real. We've been told lies so long. This is real. And, yeah, no, come to find out with now, I've, you know, and the David Williams videos, I've never heard him before. But everything he's saying with the Informer and the T-Row show, that's real, and that's where we're at now with the government of the United States of America, and we can be free now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I listened to – well, let me back up. I, I had stumbled across uh, the government of the United States of America quite a while ago in Reign of the Heavens, and probably like most people, I saw Reign of the Heavens, and my cognitive dissonance kicked in, and I kind of leered away from it. <clears throat> because I wasn't really decided yet or hadn't even come to the position really of deciding yet about different religious things and understanding really and comprehending the difference between what's religious and what's really spiritual. Because they are two totally different things. I mean, one is ingrained within us and the other is totally man-made. I shouldn't have to tell you which is which. 
and it, you know, I I I moved on and I started uh, listening to a lot of David Williams info. I listened to all of the stuff from the informer that I could find, uh, who was Harry Combs, uh, may he rest in peace, brought forward, that guy brought forward just some incredible info. He did some big digging and big research. Uh, he got himself removed from the IRS roles. I mean, uh, this guy knew what it was all about. Unfortunately, at least for the informer, nothing at that time I don't think was really in place such as the government of the United States of America has done. Because there's so many things that would need to be done to be flying under the correct flag that, like I've said in the past, it, it would take one man seven lifetimes to ever complete it. But this is something that a group of people got together and were able to accomplish. And, I mean, this is really where it's at. I mean, this really comes right down to where the river meets the road. I mean, there's all of the people... Um, in different groups and different gurus or whatever that are they're doing the oh don't claim the name all all this crazy stuff and, and to me I look at that you know it, it reminds me of the guy that jumps off the top floor of the Empire State Building and on the way down every window he passes he says oh I'm okay now I'm okay now I'm okay right now <laughs> you know what I mean splat <laughs> and yeah, that's absolutely. what ends up happening. Yeah, because they don't have anything to really back them or the real knowledge behind what has been done. And when you put that in their face, you know, uh, such as what your intangible rights are that have been usurped, you know, that's what makes the difference. And when you start putting international law in front of them, that was one of the first things that I stumbled on Fortunately for me, very early in my journey, because I was trying to find what is working for people, what isn't working for people. And I looked at all people following codes and statutes and trying to hold U.S. Inc. accountable to their own codes and statutes. And all I saw was a bunch of old men who had been doing it for 50 years and were still getting screwed over. You know what I mean? But then when I started seeing people that were using international law, those were the people having success. And that, I believe, is what gave you success. And in not-so-certain wording, that's what's written into affidavit that you submitted. I want to ask you, um, with that, was it an affidavit template? I believe it was. When you submitted that, uh, did you just hand that to them in court and you did not file it to the case ahead of time? Is that what happened? Uh, no, the day that I went to my status hearing, which was after my special hearing where they wanted to make me a ward of the court, that I, I skipped that. And then the next uh, night, a sheriff came to the door and handed my daughter a paper. I was staying with a friend because I'm not driving my truck until I'm completely non-domestic to the United States ever again and uh, handed it to my daughter the next day that I had a status hearing after my special hearing that I skipped. And so I went to that, and before I went in, uh, about a half hour, I went and stamped in that motion to dismiss that Keith wrote up for the driver's license. 
because the driver's license was the, the contract that they used to try and persecute me. And uh, it was funny, the smile on the judge's face when she told me she was going to uh, take that into consideration and we would discuss it at the trial. And we set up the trial for for uh, the 29th of this month. And, and now I got this document that they dismissed everything. So... You know, I wanted wanted to say, I want to say that is something right there that, I mean, I don't find it fascinating because I've seen that myself firsthand where they don't want uh, the general public, they don't want the rest of the sleeple out there, people that are asleep, to really see what's happening. So they're not going to do things in open court. Now, you know, she could have stated this in open court at that time and she didn't. Instead, they wait. And they send it to your P.O. box. You know, that really masks it from the general population that might be sitting in a courtroom. Because, you know, anybody with half a brain, I mean, if I I was sitting in a courtroom, even, you know, 10 years ago, if I was sitting in a courtroom and I saw something like this go on and the judge said it in open court, my ears would have perked up, whoa. Something just happened here. I need to find out what went on. You know what I mean? And that's well, not what they want anybody to know about. Well, my uh, status hearing, I was the only one booked for the day. So me and my wife were standing out in the hallway waiting for the judge to come in because I didn't want to stand for this ju- so-called judge. And finally, it was like, 15 or 20 minutes after and the sheriff come out and he's like, what what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I'm on the docket right here. And I show, I was standing in front of him and I said, I, I'm on the docket for today. And I was just waiting to go in. And he's like, oh, well, they're waiting for you in there. I was like, I looked back in. The judge wasn't on the seat or bench. And I was like, okay. So... Me and my wife walked in, and we walked down their little corridor, and they were like, oh, just have a seat right here, Mr. Thomason. And so I had a seat, and my wife had a seat, and then the judge walked in, and they were like, all arise. And, of course, my wife stood right up, and I just sat there. (laughs) And they were like, all arise, and I just sat there, and Somebody said, you need to stand up. And my wife grabbed me by the arm and tried to drag me up. And so I stood up. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm, you know what? I'm done with this. This is so disgusting. It's, I'm done. So I stood up. And she came in. They did their little ritual. And she was really as pleasant as she could be at that point. And like I said, she was said that she accepted my motion to dismiss, and we talk about it at the trial. And I was like, okay, whatever. You said the 27th of November to be here? And she was like, oh, no, 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 the, the 29th of November at one thirty. So I wrote down my little book, like I give a shit. And she's like, okay, and have a good day. We'll see you then. It was weird. It was really weird. 
But what that document says is so smack you in your face, you're not doing this to anybody because we know what you're doing. It's crazy. Well, um, if I could tell you if it were me, something that I might do at this point now, um, that you received that uh, notice to dismiss the case from the judge. You received that online, correct? No, it came in the mail, and they've recognized my NAT code every single time. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You got it at your P.O. box. Um, I would probably do a couple things. Uh, One, if it's convenient for you, I would probably go to the court, go to the clerk, and get a certified copy of that decision rather than just what you got in the mail. And uh, I would probably also show up on the 29th just to make sure they don't try and do something behind your back. That absolutely makes sense. I have other ammo, though. I still haven't added my oath of affirmation to the exhibit. So under the law of nations, the United States court has no jurisdiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess uh, I could open this up for Q&A. We've got a number of people on the board here. I don't know if anybody, well, you know, this is kind of a hot topic nowadays, so I'm sure there's probably going to be a few questions and stuff. Um, I would just ask everybody that um, if you're not speaking at the time, just to mute yourself out. And uh, that way I don't have to go and meet the entire board again and things like that because somebody jumps in and starts causing havoc like they like to do. I'll just mute everybody. So let me unmute everybody and uh, feel free to come on. Just uh, let us know uh, who you are and where you hail from, what state or whatever. And... um, can be succinct with your question and uh, not be a Donald and trying to educate us for an hour. Anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't everybody speak at once. Yeah, right. And everybody should be unmuted there. Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, I have a couple of things to toss in only because I hope it benefits everyone. Okay. Well, I, I know I know who this is, but nobody else does. How are you doing, Dave? Oh, oh that's right. I was supposed to say I'm David. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yep. Well, um, my concern is something that, well, you know what? Instead of me trying to use what I was thinking I was going to say, I'll just come right out with it as I'm thinking impromptu. Um, what we can do, if possible, is to discuss something that will not only benefit all of us here, but also benefit the uh, process of getting the word out to the general population. Because in the call, not even five minutes ago, the, the man who was talking about his experiences with the court, and I honestly forget his name, he said um, 
that he went through the court process and they got rid of it and all that. And there was a change. He, he, he did away with his status and gained standing in law by expatriating from the U.S. corporation. <laughs> and uh, and they don't want the stuff to be discussed in the open courtroom, like you said, which is a, an absolute fact. When you have them, uh, the ability to nail them to the wall, they, they avoid you like the plague during the morning session. So what I'd like to do is to find out how we can make it known among us the processes for international law to go after people who are harming others and then make that seen in the courtroom and spreading it around with other people through social media and at the state house, what have you, because you'll see people at the state houses bringing their problems to the committees, but no one listens to them, of course. So I think what I'm getting ready to do to make it clear to anyone who's listening to me talk right now. Uh, the New Hampshire State House is getting ready to start hearing bills and resolutions very quickly, uh, December. And then they will go on and on and on and on to all the subsequent processes that will last many weeks. And I think this is the perfect time to prosecute the House Speaker and the, the House, uh, House leadership for human rights violations because, well, luckily I'm talking to an informed group, but to put it in plain English, so that you'll know, there's the de facto and then there's what's supposed to be a lawful government. We all know that the U.S. Constitution is BS, but the state constitutions are not BS. So New Hampshire Constitution... Can, Can I say something real quick? Yeah. You don't want to go to war with them. You want to oh, get I away from them. them. Just well, get yeah, away it's from them. It's not about them. going to war. It's not about when going you... to war. Are you... Hey, wait a minute. Before you go on, this is not about warring with them. What I was just getting ready to say, and it doesn't mean that I didn't want you to interrupt because I welcome you to interrupt. The State House members where two hats. One is to protect the people from the de facto. The Constitution of New Hampshire is from 1784, I think, long before the fake U.S. Constitution. So the state representatives are supposed to protect you from the de facto because the all-caps state of New Hampshire is the Bar Association. And the Bar Association and the Masons, as we know, are the ones that are coercing everyone into commercial code and office of the person. So I go to war with them when I do. It's very easy. And I always basically change things when I do it because in the Constitution, and it will benefit anyone who's listening to this, regardless of where you live, 
because you have a constitution for your state. The state that got uh, genocided, as Keith Livingway puts it, but they're not really genocided. They're putting the moth holes. If you look at the New Hampshire Bill of Rights, it says in Articles 31 and 32 that they shall convene for the rights of the people to hear petitions for redress of grievances for situations where the people have been harmed and wronged by their public service. That is the general court of the people. So the real the people actually have a court. It's the general court. The United States general court is nonsense. But the state has a general court. And that's how and when you can basically backhand any Crown Temple bar attorney that opens their mouth at the committee day. And explain to them that they're not recognized and they're squatting on the seat. And basically, they're not allowed to participate. So my question is, at that moment, this moment, if they claim to be an officer of the court, which they're not, it's an administrative body because they're under martial law rule under banking emergency. If they claim to be officers of the court, what are they doing sitting in legislative bodies? Okay. Do you have that's, another that's affirmation? Check. Well, they, they they can't give an oath or affirmation even if they took one because they do the Cole Midray thing because they're, they're you, licensed to lie. Do lie. you have an oath and affirmation to a country? Not yet. I expect to be doing it to the United States of America uh, very soon. Until you do that, until you claim your residency, you are stateless, and you have no That might be a fact. Well, that might be a fact, but, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm telling you is, is, and you you don't know me and my experiences, when I go to the state house, I make stuff happen. Because no one knows what you know. 400 representatives, only one knows what you know. Okay? They don't know that U.S. citizens are stateless. Even when you tell them, they have that deer in the headlights look. So what you do is you use the stats, the, the, the Constitution of New Hampshire to hold them to it. Because they have to stop funding foreign agents, and you can prove in their own codes and federal regulations, federal rules of civil procedure, U.S. codes, you can use their own codes against them. They can do whatever they want. That's their private membership association. Well, not the state. The state's not allowed to do that. The state has its own constitution. In New Hampshire is always waving that flag. So they're going to be held to their own constitution. Not about the U.S. Well, David, David, That's a legal fallacy. If I may, David, if I may, and, and I agree with what you're saying, Jeff, uh, because we do see this occur, you know, across America and in different states where people are trying to get things done. Uh, but one of the things that I learned very early on was that New Hampshire was a little bit of a different animal. And, yeah. um, but yeah, what goes on in New Hampshire and in the state homes there is a little different than what goes on across America. 
in fact, I, I think New Hampshire has even tried to, I know New Hampshire, has, I, I think Vermont has as well, as well as Texas, uh, tried to secede from the union a few times uh, because they are a different mindset. And so I can see things happening a little different in New Hampshire. Uh, and like you were saying, David, you know, they're, they're going to be uh, adjourning and coming to a meeting and going through all these different things they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, it, it, we see this all the time, and, but it seems like all these legislatures, you know, you could stack them end-to-end end across America and you'd never reach a conclusion. And one of the, the biggest issues I think is, is and, and Jeff touched on it too, and so did you, these guys, though, don't know they're wearing two different hats. They don't necessarily know that there is a difference between uh, the corporate and uh, the original republic that was putting them off balls. Well, what they and do know. I, 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 I really think with that what you're what, there, what's going to happen. You're totally right. Hold on. I got people cutting in left and right here. Hold on. Let me finish the thought. All right. Everybody wants to know what's going to make a difference. And like I was saying prior to the recording starting, what's really going to make the difference is when their population starts going down and they see that mothballed republic's population start going up because the population is where the power is at and the power is what they're hungry for. Uh, There was a lady that wanted to come on if she wanted to make a comment. It's Paula. Hi, guys. I was just going to say that um, what they do know is that they have to continue to make remedies for those that do not have state citizenships or, or aren't individuals or aren't persons. So, I mean, they know that something's, something's different, but they, I don't think they know why they have to do that. And, I mean, if you're in their face at the, at the legislative meetings, that's probably the best way to wake some of these people up. Well, not only is that true, but when you go to the legislative meetings and you hand them their paperwork for their personal prosecution, then you get their attention. When you you prosecute a, uh, a guy on the bench and you walk in there also with the paperwork for the petitions to redress the grievances against them, I've watched several of the guys on the bench in a row who have all been served papers with the state representative standing in there run out of the court. One after the other, after the other, after the other. And this causes a big problem. Then the next thing you know, other people come to the state house. And I wrote most of these petitions, by the way, um, because the chairman of the committee, uh, the House Committee on Regress and Grievances, asked me, to uh, look at the petitions that are coming in. And I ended up writing them by contacting the petitioners because it's not appropriate for me to just do things without them. So I go to the petitioners and help them. And then the next thing you know, it becomes a a, a contagious problem for the guys on the bench. So what I'm saying actually does work. And the reason that New Hampshire is different is well, I've lived all over the place. Oh, you know, all, I literally have. And the mentality of the people in New Hampshire is 
you want to you want to mess with the people the 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 amount of people that show up will be so great that they can't even have the hearings at the committee room they have to have the hearings in the open well where there are 400 people who are representatives that's how big the hall is and then the whole can place fills up with people. Can I say something real quick? Of course. I'm not going to threaten them. I'm going to send them a document. And then they will produce after that. There will be no threat. Well, that's the document that needs to come out. That that document that you're talking about is what we need to be talking about tonight, probably. Because whatever works, is to make to reiterate something I said before. You know, it's not my philosophy that matters. It's everything that works. You hit them with everything: tanks, jeeps, helicopters, boats, everything. So they don't comprehend. They don't listen. They don't care what you think until you're hammering them. Listen. And, and I mean, listen. Claim your residency back on the land. Get your nationality. Then you have standing to say what you want to say. Until you do that, you are a subject of the crown. Know that. Exactly. It doesn't matter how much you bitch. It doesn't matter. You're just putting words in the air. Until you claim your nationality with the real government in this country, you can bitch all you want, and they will hurt you if you bitch too much. Yeah, Ralph, can I come in here for a second? Can I add to what you're saying? One second, please. Okay, Ralph Winterrow has done a little bit of what you're saying there, okay? When he set his status up properly, since he lives in Alaska, they were taking $150 out of his monthly Social Security check, right? (laughs) set himself up as a state citizen and recorded it in the in the county under the land, okay? And he didn't notice anybody, but yet somehow they got notice of it, and in two months they stopped taking out that tax on him. They voluntarily did it, and that's been two or three years ago. And I can tell you a whole bunch of examples of things happen that when you set your status up, things happen until then, they declare you a U.S. citizen, which is the slave, okay? So un- until you change your status and declare that you're on the land or something better than that, okay, whatever the ultimate is, that's what we got to do, man. Until we do that, then we're nothing to them. Well, you're, you know what? You're absolutely correct. And what, what you're doing is you know, they're operating under presumption and when you pull that rug of presumption off from underneath them, uh, the emperor is naked. Yeah, Ralph Winterrow's trying to get into an Article Three court, and the judges and the people at the top said you can't do that un- unless you're a state citizen. Okay, they assumed that even. You know, when he'd send the paperwork in stating he was a state citizen, they would leapfrog and say. Uh, U.S. citizens cannot come in here to Article Three Court, you know, like that to deny him. So you got to be on your A game because they're going to they're going to test you. Okay. Well, this boils down to something that I think everybody 
has stumbled across at one point or another when they start researching things and going down the different rabbit holes is they keep seeing this phrase that we don't belong in their courts. We aren't supposed to be there, period. And that is exactly the truth. That is their area. That's their jurisdiction. And if you place yourself in a different jurisdiction, then correct. You have really no business being there. And, you know, I come across people all the time that this happened to them or that happened to them. They lost one, two, three, however many houses, you know, and that what you really hear in the voices, they want revenge for what's been done. You know, to me, the best revenge is just a separation, period, and move forward. You know, this is something that we didn't comprehend or understand prior. Now we get it. Now we know what's going on and what they've done. They're going to continue playing this game. There's nothing you can do about it. And you lost the first time, second time, third time, fourth time. You went in. They freaking battered you down. So why do you want to come back for revenge is one of the things that I look at. You know what? You've separated yourself. You've moved on to your own little private island. Let them continue because you're going to get more and more of their, air quote, constituents to move on to your private island. And when they find themselves uninhabited, that is where the difference is going to be made at. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful example. Beautiful. Personally, I really just feel that that is the only way a difference is going to be made, is when enough of the people wake up and say, you know what, I don't want to work for Walmart anymore. Target has a much better plan. I'm going over to Target. You know what I mean? Because that that is really the way it is set up. And it's not that you're moving from one corporation to another corporation. Uh, the government of the United States of America is not, not a corporation. It's not a top-down philosophy. It is just us using the power that we have to stand our ground, which is what Jeff has so freaking perfectly demonstrated uh, this evening. And uh, with the letter that came to his P.O. box, you know, how many people can say they've had a DUI dismissed? I mean, uh, that's one of the biggest hammers that they love to smash on people. Uh, Like they told him, you know, oh, if you don't submit right now, we'll get blood from you at the courthouse. And and that's what they do. And then on top of it, if you don't submit, I know here on Florida, uh, if you don't submit to a drug test or breathalyzer, whatever the case may be on the roadside, that they automatically will suspend the license for a year. I think if you do it a second time, it's five years, something like that. <clears throat> but, well, you know what? No, that's all right. That's all right. But that, that shows you the whole consent situation right there. That shows you that consent uh, really plays a part into all of this. Well, you know, um, the, the beautiful thing is, is that the, the people that are offering, you know, some other way of looking at things besides what I'm saying, even though it's not what I'm saying, I still think it's good that they're they're 
coming up with this stuff, like the man that spoke a few, both men that spoke a few minutes ago, and, and you, Brian. The, this is all part of the process of trying to instigate whether you agree with me or not. It's, it's an open discussion, and it's good. Yes. My, my, yes. Well, I need to clarify what I'm trying to say more so that you'll get it. Um, when you have a man or a woman, grown man or a woman who are still in the U.S. citizen chair, um, not on not state citizens, you have problems getting them to convert, which is any number of ways that would work. But the problem goes beyond them. When you have their kids are being subjected to this terrorism by the Bar Association, and they're not of the proper standing in law. The kids get ruined. And New Hampshire, although it's quite a different state from other states, um, they still have their human and child trafficking problem. So what I'm trying to say is that the, the international law does work, and petitions for redress of grievances does work. And the people start to see, because of the process, whether we all agree on it or not, the process starts to get the people to see and read that these are foreign agent Crown Temple bar attorneys. They're not supposed to be coercing commercial code just because you were born somewhere and didn't claim your status as a state citizen. You were, in fact, born a state citizen. The presumption is all based upon a deceitful hidden thing, and that's that you have not claimed the estate. You abandoned your estate, so that makes your, you a ward of the state. You have an estate based upon the banking emergency, and you're supposed to gain control of it. That's the part that people don't know. David, 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 hold on a second. I, I want you to say something again, because that's something people need to wrap their minds around, is that they have been claimed by the state because they have abandoned their estate. Exactly. Say that Correct. again, you because to, people need to wrap their minds around that. we got to learn how to claim our estate, because right now they're administering our estate. We need to claim it. Correct. Correct. Properly. Full claim. Right. You need, to, you need to control and master the Social Security account, which is basically it's your transmitting utility. So the straw man isn't something you want to kill. He's something that you need to control. He's hey, you know partner. what? Hey, David, let, let me tell you something that happened here, uh, two, three months ago. I, I deal poker, all right? And you know that. Uh, I sat down at a Texas Hold'em table. I was relieving one dealer, and I was sitting down to take over for the next 40 minutes or whatever. And sitting to my left was a woman who I knew had been uh, the lead, or not lead, she was the executive secretary for our previous lieutenant governor. And she was sitting right to my left, all right? And when you sit down at the table, you normally greet everybody. And so I sat down, and I said, hey, guys, how are we doing? Uh, and transmitting utilities, good to see you. <laughs> she started giggling. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Okay. How do we properly claim the estate? Because that's what we're trying to do right now. Because if we do own it, they quit administering it, and we can start enjoying life then. All right. All right. Let me break. Let me here. I'll, let me break it down for you because I've done it, uh, and I'm sure David's got David's got an opinion as well. But I, I'll tell you what I've done if you want to know. Um, Oh, gosh. To back up, uh, there's so many arguments over the birth certificate. There, there's people that say it's a bond, uh, that it's a contract, uh, all different stuff, which is such nonsense. The birth certificate tells you what it is. It's a certificate. So go look and see what a certificate is. Look up the definition of it. A certificate tells you that it is an instrument that gives you the authority to operate in a certain capacity. That's what a certificate does. Okay. And what the state wants and hopes that you will do is that the capacity you're going to operate in is an agent to that organization that was created, uh, which is the registration of the BC, of the birth certificate. They, they hope you're going to accept that. And run with it, and most people do. That's what everybody has, and, and that's how you get screwed. Uh, so, what, what happens is when all of that gets done, it really gets funneled through who? It gets funneled through the Secretary of State. Okay, if you've got a, a beef with the guy that runs a business somewhere in your area, and you want to talk to him. How are you going to be able to talk to him? You're going to have to go to his secretary and get an appointment. It's the secretary. The secretary is that key in the door. That's who's going to let you in. So you go to the secretary of state. And so you clarify where you stand at with the secretary of state. That's who you notice. That's who you let know where you are and what you're doing. I'll tell you, I, I had done several things in the past, but until I sent a notice to the Secretary of State for the state that I live on, the state that I was born on, and to the Federal Secretary of State, which is Department of State, which is Rex Tillerson right now, that was when I really started seeing changes in my interactions um, and the way I was treated and started seeing uh, things disappear off my record. And uh, I yelled with that. Well, all, okay. all that is, is truth and fact and beauty. But I, I, I'm, my situation is not foreign to what you guys are all suggesting. It's that I have an agenda. And when I watch, because I've been people have pleaded with me to help them in their court situations there because their kids are getting screwed. So what I want to do is to come up with a formula so that the people who are there can see something in, in tangible so they can wish to correct their standing in law also and to stop the, the court from harming their kids because I'm not new with this. I've been doing this for over 20 years now. And okay, David. Message... David, a thought just came to my mind. All right. 
Uh, Jeff, I'm, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, what he did with his case, okay, and it, it's been a few weeks since I looked over uh, the templates on those motions, and they can all, because they're set up to be general, which means you can take it and kind of reword things and personalize it and things like that, okay? Right? I really think that uh, what needs to be done is take the concepts and ideas on those affidavits and on those motions and personalize them to a situation that would deal with uh, families and with children because the concept is exactly the same. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just that we need numbers, and what you're saying is true. I mean, I, I, I'd be an imbecile to I, you know, disagree with it, but what I'm trying to find is a way to get it out there, because uh, you uh, and I are talking to each other, and we and 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 we're and we're well-informed parties. The general population, I sample them all the time in New Hampshire. Uh, especially at the state house, they focus mostly on state house people. They're stateless. Representatives. What? It doesn't matter. They're stateless. They're slaves. Well, I don't deny that. That's the it. The problem is that yeah, but that's the problem that they 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 don't get converted until they see something coming at them, like the freight train in the tunnel. Until they see the train then coming they at them, hurry they up. don't. They better hurry well, up that, because that, it's coming at them. They should know that. That's that's true, but they 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 don't. You see, see we 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 have kids that are being affected because we need to market, not market. I use the word loosely. Hold on, can I can I ask you something real quick? Of course. Do you have an oath and affirmation to the government of the United States of America? <laughs> coming soon. Coming soon. I'm working on yeah. it now. I'm, I'm, the process is artificially too slow. It, there's no David is, for it to take. David is 100% on board, Jeff. Believe me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, more than 101%. I have. <laughs> I have three Facebook pages dedicated to exactly this, and I'm out there telling people on my own effort. Meaning, I'm out there to, to to use borrow a term, knocking on doors, okay, and it's still difficult. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. See, I know all these things that you're telling. That's why I'm not disagreeing with you. If your name is Jeff, I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm telling you is, for the sake of kids who have parents who are walking zombies. We have to fix this problem at the state house because the representatives of New Hampshire, it's a relatively low population in the state, but there are 400 representatives and 24 senators. That's a high ratio. That means they're reachable. The problem is that they just can't grasp what you're explaining. I intentionally overextend myself with long debates and discussions with numbskulls who cannot stop arguing with me that the Constitution overrules that, the Constitution supersedes this, the Constitution says that's null and void. 
There is no constitution. It's a mirage. The first one and the second one, if anything, has more validity than the first one, only because it's a real corporate charter for a foreign corporation with jurisdiction over U.S. citizens in the District of Columbia. But, but here's the problem that everyone needs to hammer through their skulls on our side is these people have a big military. They're chemtrailing our skies. They're injecting our kids. They're harming us. They're starting fires, hurricanes, FEMA camps, you name it, because we're being a little stubborn. We need to get this out there. For instance, there's a man who went to protect the Bundy Ranch in Nevada. You don't need fires. He's, you don't need fires. People just need to know the truth. This is what happened. This is what you need to be, do. I mean, it's not well, that big a deal. Don't war. Here's We're not problem. at war. They are. Here's a problem. Here's a problem, Jeff. Yeah, and they're at war, and that's all they know. All they know is war. That's it. But one of the things that a war requires is it requires two parties. Okay, and the whole system that's been set up and the direction it's been going in isn't something to instill something within 50 years. It was done long, long time ago to instill a system that would be set up 50, 100, 200, 500 years from now. You know what I mean? And that is a system that's really hard to defeat. And that's why I say the only way really to do it is with their numbers being depleted. That's the only thing you're really going to be able to do because you're not going to be able to educate the average Joe on the street. He's going to run into problems He's going to remember you talking about things. He's going to come to you. He's going to get the solution. He's going to get out of his problem. And then what's going to happen? You're never going to see or hear from him again. He runs off and he gets in more trouble again, you know? And that's the real issue at hand. That's why I started up tactical sovereignty. Hold on, hold on. A place where I could store my info for my research to free myself because you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on your brother or your child. You know what I mean? And we can't help these people with their children out there when the only ones that can really do it is the real true mom and dad. And if the mom and dad doesn't want to wake up, there's nothing we can do about it. That's just the way it is. But the, the main goal is you've got to make sure that yourself is taken care of first. And along the way, people will freaking start waking up and coming and getting on board. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know what? I hear about a year ago, I had a guy that I hadn't seen for a few months uh, come knock on my door. In fact, I'm sitting on my porch right now and I'm looking at his front door. That's how close he lives to me, right across the pond. He came over and knocked on my door, and he said, oh, I want to show you something. I'm like, what? And he handed me a big envelope. I opened it up. It had his authenticated birth certificate in it. I'm like, what compelled you to do this? He said, oh, I've been listening to your calls. I'm like, you have? You know, there are people very close to us. They may not be in action. They may not be contacting us. We may not even know they're there. But 
there are people that are doing things right around us and all over America. You know, a, a change will occur. And it to me, it's going to happen like a light switch. Okay? But at this point right now, it, it's impossible to force anybody. You, can, you can't force anybody into learning. You can't. It has to be done on their own level. Yeah, I got to second you on that thought, man, because it's happening overnight. And this is Peter, by the way. It's amazing. Hey, brother, how, how are you doing, Peter? Man, I'm doing amazing. I thought that uh, that I would have to come to the Uber call tonight, but uh, luckily your page came back up. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm going to be sharing this and, and all of the files here because I have gotten a following with me since I'm sure you've seen my, uh, my, my green bandana face on that private tag picture that's been going all around the Internet right now, man. I'm getting contacted left and right. I'm going to take this call. I'm going to take documents that, that were presented in, um, in the post that, uh, that was put up uh, originally by Jeff. I'm going to push that on people, and whether they take it or not, um, I'm sure that it's going to start catching on more and more because my friends list has blown up here in the last month alone. Um, people are starting to notice, and they are starting to take action. I'm starting to learn from people that followed me half a year ago, and now they're giving me new information as well. It's, it's really amazing how quick this is happening right now. Well, you know what, Peter? One of the things that I noticed quite a while ago and I actually recognized it in myself, looking at my own actions, that when I was going through different, like, Yahoo groups or things like that, I paid attention to what, what caught my eye. You know what I mean? And you could see long streams of conversation, this, that, but when somebody, like, would post a picture, your eye just goes to that picture and whatever is linked to it. And so I've kind of learned... Uh, you know what, grab some eye-grabbing photos and then tie a link to it and send that out. And those are the things that get hit on. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but the American people have been put into such a juvenile mindset. You know what I mean? And evidently I was too, because that's what grabbed my eye, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. It's it's Right now we're getting into that meme culture, meme, or however you pronounce it. I couldn't really care, but the stuff that you're starting to put out, it works because people like the oxymoron stuff that you put out. Um, uh, gosh, I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but those oxymorons, people started checking them out. People started checking out the links. It all, really, all it takes is a pretty picture. And it, you know, it sounds bad to, to take advantage, but we're not really taking advantage of, of the people that are noticing and, and using primal instincts by going after the pretty shiny thing, but because we can now also take advantage of that, people are starting to wake up that much quicker because, you know, they like pretty things. Um, it it absolutely absolutely works. I'm I'm pretty amazed here too. You know, it, it's like somebody pointing somewhere and going, "Look, squirrel." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's shiny <laughs> objects. It, there, there's a, a guy that I knew, gosh, a long time ago. Yeah, all he did, I mean, we regular casino, we had all the games and stuff, and he preferred just to do the poker game all the time. And I could never understand why, because I didn't think there was that much money just for dealing that. And I would, I started watching him. And every now and then, he would just point. 
somewhere in the room. And everybody's eyes would go to where he was pointing. And while he freaking was pointing that direction, he was grabbing money out of the pot and dropping it in his tip box. And that's really what the American people have been reduced to, is here. You know, look at the shiny object. Oh, there's a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, the, so what is that, the sleight of hands, magicians? That's why uh, Penn and Teller are so popular, even though I don't believe in them either. Uh, I, I definitely think there's some, some hey, horrible stuff going on with them, man. Penn and Teller, if you want to see... Uh, the most amount of Masonic signs flashed in 30 seconds. Watch Ben and Tiller. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched him ever since um, uh, whatever the big guy, uh, whatever his name was, he did something uh, pro-vaccine and basically called everyone stupid. And within two weeks, he came out being a libertarian. I'm like, you're full of it. There's no way. Yeah, he's he's the, yeah, he's the fat-ass Mason. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yep. Shutting his little puppet up. And I also want to say that I see, I, I don't know if it's because of algorithm or whatever, and uh, the notifications I get um, with people talking about Masons. So many people are focusing on Masons. And what I really want people to realize is the Masonic thing, we think we're digging deep and finding something out. They're just the surface level. It's actually the Jesuits. The Jesuits went back and infiltrated the nations and the countries because they were kicked out of everywhere. And they actually came in as the Masons. They're the ones really behind what's going on, is the Jesuits. And the Jesuits are an arm of the Vatican. And the Jesuits are what is behind ISIS and a lot of that crap out there. Uh, if you don't believe it, uh, look up the photo of the Pope uh, kissing the feet of Muslims. Wow. Wow. Now it's, it's funny because I went to bed last night listening to a video of the Jesuits and the video that I was watching before I came on this call was basically about the Jesuits and secret societies. It, it, it's hilarious. There's so many of them, but we know now. Well, you know, if anybody wants, I mean, I don't advertise it really or talk about it, but I mean, I've got a YouTube channel, which isn't in my original stuff. It's nothing I've downloaded. It's just stuff I've collected. And I've got probably well over 40 playlists. And each playlist is specific to a topic. And uh, Walter Veith, um, I've got a playlist for him, and he gives great in-depth information regarding the Masons and the Jesuits. And it's some pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, it, the, this goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. I mean, Cannibal. I mean, Cain and Abel. Cannibal. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Yeah, that, that's Walter Veith. He is definitely somebody worth listening to. Yep, just found that. Definitely going to listen to that one too then. Well, 
uh, I think my playlist for Walter Veith might be, oh, it might be pushing 40 or 50 hours long. I don't know. That's a guess. Uh, I, I recommend that. I, I think uh, the best playlist I've got is, I think I titled it, Who and What is Behind It All. And it was a gentleman from Ireland who did it. And um, it, it talks about the same topics. Um, only he gives more specificity to it all. Uh, he's more specific, yeah, well, more entertaining to listen to than Walter Heath is. Um, I actually had to take a recording of his to a friend of mine who is from Scotland and say, can you tell me where this guy is from? And she said, oh, he's from Ireland. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's really where we're going to get our best info from is from people, like if you're looking at the Masons, looking at people that are from Ireland or Scotland. Um, depending on your topic, look into specific parts of the world because you're really not going to find a whole lot of it here on America uh, just because of how ignorant everybody has really become. Uh, David brought it up last week. I, I posted in 1885, um, what was it, eighth grade test, advancement test or something like that. 1885, and, and I posted, I said, how many people can pass this? I mean, I read through it, and it blew my mind. Yeah, I'll be well, honest, I, I couldn't do it. The nonsense that kids are being taught, they're taught how to be slaves. So yeah. I, have a, I have a question, if anyone's on, on this call that might know. Um, I'm having an extremely difficult time contacting people from the government of the United States of America. Um, I have a special problem that I'd like to fix. Uh, someone who's being unlawfully held in jail who went to the Bundy Ranch, uh, his wife has power of attorney, and he needs to have his situation corrected while he's sitting at Fort Devens. Can I ask who that is? I heard two people talking. Yeah, this is Brian. I I was just wondering who that was. His name is Jerry DeLemus. Jerry DeLemus. His wife is a state representative, but she didn't run last time because of his whole problem has discombobulated their household. Um, The thing about the government requirement for you to have no felony convictions um, has to be remastered because people who have felonies might not necessarily have committed a human rights violation. For instance, I didn't hold on. Hold on. I didn't know that that was a requirement, that you can't have a felony. I, I didn't think that was that came into well, play. If it I know that it came out in, the, in a phone conversation with Keith Livingway. 
I know the question is asked. I know the question is asked, but I was not aware that that's anything that would prohibit interaction. Well, for instance, I can give you an exact example. There's a guy named Tom Murphy, and he's the one who has the world patent, international patent for the reclamator. And he exposed the real law in Public Law 92500, and it's in Title 33, the Federal Water Pollution Control Act, that you are not allowed to discharge into a septic or a sewer. And the Bar Association's primary responsibility in the lower courts is to protect the society of civil engineers who are designing and prosecuting people that don't use septics and sewers. And the very first petition for redress of grievances that was filed in New Hampshire in many decades was someone who I brought in, his name was Dwayne Bethel, and he put in a totally environmentally inert and autonomous system so that he did not need septic or sewer. And they prosecuted him, jailed him, stole his money, and prevented him from moving into his home, and then stole his daughter's college fund from his bank account. So when it's people daylight. like we know that. The problem is we have a problem to deal with. So knowing that isn't enough. See, we have to stop people from harming kids just because their father doesn't know what stateless means. The courts are know that they're, prop, they're, they're perpetrating fraud. They're not allowed to do this. They're coercing people into the office of the person. So we need to stop them from harming kids. Whether ignorance we, is no excuse. Ignorance is no excuse. Tell that to an innocent kid. I will maintain protection for a kid, irregardless of what you and I think, because what you and I think, and I'm including myself yet, is immaterial to the safety of a kid. You know, you, we can't say, well, the father and mother are stupid, so let the kid go to hell. I, I'm, I'm, I can't do that. I will stop whatever I'm doing at any moment to help a kid. So. And if it's a, against a bar attorney in a black robe, I will ram him in the head before I let him hurt a kid. And I've been very successful at this. They don't even want to see me walk into their courtroom because I will take them apart with vengeance. Why? Because they're harming kids, and that's open game in my woods. So anyway, back to the problem. The problem is, when a guy who is in the right, the international law, Federal Water Pollution Control Act, this is all international. It's genocide. They're, they're, w w the people that we know are stateless are harming everyone, including you. Now, you claimed your status, Jeff. You did everything right. You don't hear me saying that you're wrong. You did it all right. But meanwhile, forgive the language, they're shitting in your drinking water, okay? You have a problem, whether you want to think so or not. You know, you can put signs up all the way around the edge of your property, but the guy next door has Fukushima, okay? Being stateless is only the tip of the proverbial iceberg. So what you have to do 
is the government of the United States of America, and this is the, what I'm talk, going up to, is they can't exclude people who put liens against foreign agents committing terrorism on our land. So that's what happened with Tom Murphy. Only he didn't exactly do the lean as Keith Livingway thought. So guys like Tom Murphy want to get in. Or someone like Jerry DeLemus, who was coerced, and I mean literally arm-twisted, into signing a plea agreement, will benefit from correcting his status so that he gets standing in law. So while Jerry's sitting in jail, we have people who need to get in, and I need help. I need special help from someone in the organization and of the business. I contacted a couple of them, and because they're not here on this call, I'm not going to bring up their names because, well, it's only right. Um, and they haven't contacted me back. And so I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do. Um, if the group is going to grow and the republic as it is is going to grow, it's going to have to grow internally so that these situations can be addressed. So what I like to do is to get someone within the organization already in to assist me, to help a real man who protected America from foreign agents uh, uh, and, and got jailed. They hey, David. Uh, David, this is Brian. I, I, I'll send you a, uh email where you can um, lay this out to somebody. Good. Thank you. I, 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 I don't want to just go into this United States the United States of America just to sit there and take up space. I, I, I want to dedicate the rest of my days. I'm 59 years old. I want to make sure that this thing makes it. And I want to oh, make sure David. That... David, you said you're 59? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's a cutoff age at 50. I want to help the young people who have been hurt in the multitude. The, the large numbers of kids are being trafficked because they're they're the state, the foreign state, because it's not those reps are supposed to wear two hats. The foreign state is making money by foster homes, adoption, and then human trafficking. And we have evil people in this world who are trafficking them also for organs and other things. And I'm well, sorry yeah. that people don't realize that or believe that, but that's in fact true. Well, you know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, what has really occurred, and I think I spoke about this before we started the recording, was that it was propagated to the American people that we were going into the Middle East to get rid of despots and evil things that were going on. And I shared a, um, a video a couple of days ago of a senator. I don't, I don't recall what state he's from, or I'm sorry, what district he's from, 
which is really it comes down to district because that's communism is districts. Um, and it, he was laying out what has really happened in the Middle East and what was going on on Syria before the U.S. came in. And Syria at the time, they had a huge Christian population. I mean, I remember this. I remember seeing this before I ever heard anything about what's going on now. I remember seeing this. They had a huge Christian population. And that Christian population, since the U.S. has gone there, has been wiped out. Because all the things that the U.S. propagated that they were going there to get rid of are the things that the U.S. actually allowed to come in. And when a lot of the soldiers actually turned to their commanders and said, what are we going to do about this or that happening? They said, oh, well, uh, this is their society's problem to take care of. And I remember hearing that, and I thought, wait a minute. What do you mean it is their society's problem to take care of? Why did we go there? If there was problems there, why didn't we have that attitude at that time? And they, it's, it's totally ridiculous. And they were when, you, just, when you look at and what's really happened, too, is now we're seeing that uh, the platform for not just human trafficking, but for the sale of slavery, CNN, I mean, the, the Clinton Communist Network, CNN even put that on the news, what, about a week ago. And they were showing uh, men being auctioned off. Uh CNN didn't go as far as they should have gone because they should have showed the women and the children because the girls under 12 years old got the highest price. And you really want to know what's lying behind all of the slavery and human trafficking. It is what's been allowed to come back into life in Syria. Uh, you see like little girls in the South Pacific people on vacation and their daughter gets stolen or gets kidnapped. That's where they end up at. That is who's behind all of this. And this, this goes way, way back. Uh, this goes back at, at least to the eighties, if not earlier, uh, with the white house and things that were going on at that time. Well, like I, like I was getting ready to say, it's just like the, uh, CIA guy, it jumped off the back of John F. Kennedy's car when he was entering the motorcade. He was like, "What are you? What are you talking about? You don't want me here?" It was yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw his arm. He threw his arms. He threw his arms up. Like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm supposed yeah. to be here to protect. Yeah. You know, but, like, I no. mean, but but those are just orders from on high and uh, the people that gave him those orders, uh, those orders come from way, way even higher. Oh yeah. No, they knew that he was dead. United States is a terrorist organization and it's Israel. Um, I call it us real Inc. Us real. Because the United, there is no Israel, a nation. That's just basically a bunch of Khazarian fruitcakes who were, you know, not at all related ever at all to any peoples of that area. Went in and stole Palestine. And now they're expanding further. So they're getting United States, the imbeciles that they are, 
to attack any country that doesn't have a central bank, okay? And we need to stop this uh, even faster than we can get people to convert to, to the getting standing on the land, as you put it, because um, this has to be met on many fronts because I can see anyone who wants to traffic kids and go and genocide the hell out of, you know, a few hundred thousand square miles of people in the Middle East, Vietnam, Japan, Germany, what have you, um, they're going to genocide us if we don't watch it. And I want well, to know. You're right, David. If I, if I can interject there, I want to clarify some language a little bit. And uh, standing on the land has always been kind of a popular term, but that landlocks you. And that's been a problem for quite a while. And uh, what this government of the United States is about is not being landlocked. We are actually supposed to be international and have international influence, and it shouldn't be done through a military as well. Right. We are the princes of the sea, land, and air. Correct. This is our Absolutely. It's not there. And Christians... Christians in other lands will fight, where over here they like to be victims. And what we're doing is we're helping to kill Christians by using Federal Reserve banking. Do not use Federal Reserve banking. And if you haven't heard this already, I'll say it for your benefit. Go to the Facebook page, Federal Reserve Act Remedy. Join, watch the top 10 posts and start doing your booking properly and you can contact me in private and I will, you know, help with your paperwork to stop all withholding. Okay. You're supporting international terrorism. People say, all oh, Israel only gets 60 billion. That is, that is the problem for imbeciles. You, you, you federal reserve is funneling trillions of dollars out. Why? Because all well, people are giving it to them. You know, don't use hey, David. David, let me ask you uh, because you might know this off the top of your head. Uh, how much money does USA subsidize to Israel every year? Well, they claim on the sur- above the table, I think it's like sixty billion. But it, it's not, forget okay. that. That's nothing. All right. The Federal Reserve right. is, is funneling all of your money over there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I no, no, I know that. I know that. This is a two-part question, all right? So at, at least uh, sixty million is going over there, all right? Um, I don't know how many people know, but who is the number one technology country in the world? The number one. Well, what, the number what one leader in technology. Well, you're getting into. Um, Microchips, uh, all that China. stuff. Well, Israel. Well, Israel. No, well, I, I know where Israel is because I spent my life making stuff. That, that they were that's the big. But that's the biggest business there, and that's where the most money is. Is in that. So why yeah, would any money need to be sent part. to them? It's the biggest part of their economy, but it's not the biggest economy in technology. 
they I know right where they are just by the stuff that they're looking to buy because I spent my life building space-based weapon systems. Okay, I know right where they are. It's like they're ordering dough, mozzarella, sauce, and pepperoni. And what does that make? A pepperoni pizza. So I know I know what they have. But if if they're if the biggest part of their economy is technology and everybody is complaining right now about all this stuff being used against us and snooping and and looking yeah. at all our emails where do they think all a lot of that technology came from? Who orchestrated oh, that? A lot of it's happening here. Although these companies are Israeli owned companies. You remember now. Exactly. Right? is the obvious part of critical thinking. If the banks own everything and the and these Israeli crackpot Zionists are running all the banks, that means everything on the United States is owned by them. They own Lockheed. They own McDonnell Douglas. They own Boeing. They own Naval Warfare. They own United States Air Force. They own it all. So everything that, that's why I was saying, we will not put anything on paper, we won't patent anything, and we won't talk to each other with a cell phone. We know who we are. And I'm, 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 I'm out of the industry now, but I'll tell you that right now. And I know, you know, I still have my friends. We won't tell them anything because we know these stinking Khazars calling themselves Jews Semitic Jews, who are really the enemy of the of the universe, are stealing everything, and they're going to ruin the entire planet. Okay, so th- th- that's the other problem. See, we have bigger problems besides just correcting our status. We we're, we're in the swimming pool, surrounded by people who are peeing in it. Okay, so we have more than just our own stuff to take care of. Um, we aren't going to allow it, that to happen. No. We can't we're allow not. that to happen. No, and I agree. Jeff's correct. We can't allow that to happen. And But, though, I do firmly believe you got to set yourself up first, you know, before you oh, yeah. can put the oxygen right. mask on somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. And right. It, you know, it, we know that during the Revolutionary War, they say, oh, it was only 3% of Americans that really caused the change or really went to the fight. And that's what it's going to be again. It's going to be, you know, and we know there's a 3% of groups out there and all that crap, whatever. Uh, but that's what's going to be. It's just a core of us. Because you're not going to be able to alert everybody. Well, that, that that's true. But, and that is true. I'm going to say it a second time. However, you have... Uh, my mentality is such that I need to alert as many people as, as we can. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit back and knowing that we can't get them all, so that I don't try to get any. I, we we need to hit these people on broadside in the engine room, and that's what we need to do. Damaging, like for instance. Uh, here's something that's going on right now with the government of the United States of America. Is no they're going after the grant? No buts. Huh? No buts. What? We will make this happen. No buts. Yeah. Well, anyway, the government of the United States of America is going after the Grand Master Mason. 
and I'm already getting CS shoveled at me because <clears throat> I'm making this song. So what I want to do is to see if we can uh, put some afterburners on this baby and start hitting them sooner. Because the quicker we hit them in the court, the quicker we can grow. Because then people will see, well, it looks like, you know, something is happening that's going right. Because remember now, a lot of people are afraid of the IRS because they think no matter what, they're going to get attacked. And they will because they're doing their banking wrong and they're putting money in the bank. And they're they're using the wrong They're slaves. They need to get another affirmation. That's the deal. You have to tell everybody. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. But but I'm not a one-trick pony. I have two hands. And the other one needs to start going after the courts. The courts are harming everybody. They they don't even belong here. Never mind allowed to exist and operate. Absolutely. We're waking people up daily. That's what we have to right. do. We wake people up. We need and, numbers, until though. they we want to get out of that, that's all we can do. Well, we need to increase the numbers is what I'm saying. You know. Oh, they are. They are increasing. Bro, they are increasing, believe me. I'm watching them increase weekly. I mean, it's 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 this is something that's moving. It's not stagnant. Well, I what I want to do is to bring this up at all the hearings coming up because there are a lot of, you know, I'm during session, I have a tendency to be up at the state house, like probably 25 to 30 hours a week. And I hammer all of the committees and the, the members. And uh, I, 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 I get quite a bit done, I have to say, and other people get on board. So, that's where I think people should start spreading the news on this. Is this a state house? And wait till also, wait till you're an American national and see what you can do. Well, I'm not going to wait till I'm an American national. No, when you are, me. when you are, yeah. you will have standing. Yeah, you don't I know have this. standing That's right well, now. I still get stuff done. You know, I might not have standing while I'm throwing hand grenades, but those things are blowing up in the enemy's camp. So the, the hand grenade has standing. So when I go to he the will, state house... He will, Jeff. Just wait. Uh, David's not a force to be messed with. I can't no, wait. I mean, I'm doing I it now. I, I have to wait for this long process. I want to... The process was becoming in standing with the United States of America. It's too long and, 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 and complicated. And Here's what I hope. That. Here's what I hope. I hope you come in peace, and I hope you decimate their whole area. Because oh, yeah. it is sick what they've every, been able to get away with. I have every intention of doing exactly that. Because my my I have moves ahead planned. And it, I think every bar of every state, because, by the way, the all-caps, State, state of Delaware, state of New Hampshire. Those are actually owned and run by these bar agents. That's why they have totally infiltrated every state house. And the, the state representatives need to be educated. 
So I think the most important thing to do is to convert the state reps. I want to, I want state, one, one of them now is, is already on um, the Monday night calls. He, he's no longer a rep anymore, but um, he, he's a friend of mine. You know, I, I got him really rolling on this. Uh, gee, I guess it's close to three years ago now. Yeah, he and, contacted uh, he, he contacted me uh, here oh three four months ago, and uh, we spent several days talking on the phone about it. And uh, you know, and those are the people that have the contacts to the inside, and that's what needs to be done. I yeah. mean, it, we need to use the fifth column against them. Uh, it, a lot of people don't understand really what the fifth column is, but that, that's really something that went back to the Jesuits. <laughs> and that was a philosophy that they used was the fifth column, which is that they would insert one of their people into an organization, and then they would get people inside that organization feuding among each other, and it would collapse that whole organization. That's what the fifth column uh, philosophy is. And so, you know, we could use the same exact thing with them. People that we knew on the inside, start educating them a little bit, explaining things to them, and the same info will branch out to everybody else within that organization and bring it down. Yeah. That's 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 what I want to do, um, and I love the job. So it's not like someone has to twist my arm to get me to do things. That's why I was looking into the general postmaster thing. I don't know enough about that to make an intelligent comment, so I'm somewhat disadvantaged yet. Um, whatever I can do for the government of the United States of America to to light those afterburners, um, I, I, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Oh, no, and I, I agree, you should. And come on, tomorrow night's call. Um, I guess since this is a recording, maybe I should stay away for people to access tomorrow night's call. But, I mean, last week it was pretty much taken up by a guy that I had met last Monday, and he talked my ear off for about three hours, and I knew what his situation was. And he was definitely somebody that was probably a targeted individual and wanting to know how to get out of it, and he kind of uh, took over the last half of the call last Monday night. Uh, on Monday nights, there is a call for the government of the United States of America. Uh, the first half is pretty much kind of like a roll call uh, where the heads of different departments, like Secretary of State or for the bank, call in and they give the reports as to what's going on. And then the second half of the call is normally open up for more like Q&A stuff. Um, for anybody that's listening now or listens to the recording, uh, you can grab a pen and paper, which uh, by now I would probably already have handy. And I'll give you the number where you can listen to the Monday Night Call app. If you have Zoom, you can do this over Zoom. Zoom is a free app. Um, or you can just use your phone and use these same exact numbers over your phone. Um, you're going to call in. The Zoom number is 408-638-0968. 
I'll repeat that a second time. 408-638-0968. That is the Zoom number or the number you can just call in over your phone. Uh, if you just call in over the phone, it's going to ask you for a PIN number or a room number. If you go in through Zoom, it's going to ask you for the room number. Uh, the room or the PIN number for Monday night is 857-232-0155. Once again, that's 857-232-0155. And we actually have a uh, call on Tuesday nights, and that's for the assembly. And that's for people really to learn how to set up their own assemblies in their own states or counties. And the room number for that is 778 778-307-2021. And that's the best way to get to know everybody within the government of States of America. And, uh, you know, when I first was given those numbers by the Secretary of State for the government of States of America, um, I sat back and I listened for about two and a half months before I ever started posting it anywhere or telling anybody, hey, check this out. I sat in for a while, and I didn't talk. I just listened. Uh, they would say, hey, here's a weird number coming up. Who's, who's this guy? And, hey, this is Brian Parker, you know. But, um, and that's the best thing to do, is sit back and just listen and absorb and comprehend what has really been placed and what's being done and wait till you start to kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like I said, uh, so many people, it's so confusing for them because we are so used to a top-down philosophy in this world where there's all these people, whether it's, uh, you know, you go to school, you go to school and you've got your teachers telling you what you can do, what you can't do. You know, you get a little bit older, uh, your driver's license, so now you get the state saying what you can and can't do. Uh, you graduate, maybe you get a job, now you got bosses telling you. The whole time in your life, you've always got a top-down telling you what you can and cannot do. And that's really not the way everything is supposed to work. That's always going to exist, but when it comes to a government, a government is supposed to be in place to protect the people, which means it should be a bottom-up, where the people go to the government and say, we need help with this or that, and the government takes care of it. No. Instead, what's happening right now with U.S. Inc. is we have a top-down, still continuing, where they're telling us, oh, you got to pay this in taxes, you got to do this, you got to do that. And the people have no voice. Because like Jeff has said, we're stateless. They look at us as stateless. We we have no authority. 
you have to put some authority behind you. Hey, Brian. What's up, bro? Hey, me and you, we both claimed our residency the same week. That's freaking awesome, brother. Oh, did we? I I think, uh, yeah, I think mine was done back in June, if I remember correctly. First week of June, something like that. Yeah, I claimed my residency April 20th. And you were right there. We both got called in on the same week. It was awesome. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it was April. All right. And, and you know, I, that reminds me of something that I need to address. Um, if people go to, it's actually uh, Government of the United States of America dot international. Government of the United States of America dot international. And you go there and uh top left hand side I said claim your nationality. Uh right below that is a place where you can set up like your PMA, um, which is private membership association, which consists of a population of one. You. You are your own association. All right. All right, you haven't put yourself underneath anybody else. Okay, a lot of people get confused by that. <clears throat> but when you're doing that, that that's really when you've come your nationality. And when we talk about people being stateless, I think that confuses people because they think, well, I was born here. Well, it doesn't matter. Just because you're born here, you know, you have the right of self-determination. Uh, when did you ever give an oath or affirmation to U.S. Inc.? You never have given an oath or affirmation to U.S. Inc. So it's just presumed. It's not real, but it's presumed. And so that's how you get screwed. There's no... I will ask a question. Uh, can you ask a question? Sure, go for it. Okay. Um, about the PMA and the family PMA, I don't know if you have any knowledge of this. You're probably just a, a haven't done the family one. But um, can I bring adult children into a family PMA? Like if they're over the age absolutely. of 50%, I can? Ab- absolutely. Um, and even if they're a in a family PMA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, PMA, the Private Membership Association, and for people that are listening to the recording or on here right now that don't really comprehend the PMA, um, you can go and Google, on actually look in YouTube, and look up Attorney's Best Kept Secret, PMA. There's one video out there that tells you about this, because it is their best kept secret. And we're involved with PMAs all the time. A lot of people might live in an apartment complex or something or a condo community. Yeah. Also called, yeah, also called, you know, a housing association, Mm -hmm. you know. And so you've gone and given up your rights and things like that to abide by the rules and regulations of another PMA. Uh, People do the same thing when they get their driver's license. They give up their rights to assume the rules and regulations of that PMA. And that's what the traffic courts are enforcing. 
That's why people always lose trying to run in there with, I got the right to travel and all that crap. Yeah, it's bullshit. No, they gave that up because they joined an organization that didn't follow that stuff, and the courts are just enforcing those PMAs, rules, and regulations. That's really all it comes down to. But, yeah, the uh, family PMA, I think it's 150 bucks, and people start hearing about money being involved, and they freak out. They're, oh, my God, I thought freedom was supposed to be free and all this stuff. You know what? There's a lot of work that went into all this. And there's a lot of work that's got to be done to pull you out of all this as well. And when you set up your family PMA, you can put your aunt in it. You can put your uncle in it. You can put your grandma in it. You can put your children in it. Um, You could even probably put non-family members in it, as far as I know. And because you're kind of joining uh, a club. Um, remember, uh, what was the comedian, Sam Carlson? It, it's a big club and you're out of that. Well, guess what? You're making <laughs> oh, your yeah, own George club. And, yeah, you're making your own club and they're not in it. <laughs> right. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Right. So how does that save you, for example, if you're, if you're um, let's say you've got a uh, summons or something and you're, and you're standing in court, does the, is that a jurisdiction issue when you bring up your PMA or you provide PM, um, like PMA papers to them like you would a uh, DBA or a um, assumed name? Yes. Okay. So it takes yeah, the place of a DBA yeah, okay. or an assumed name? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I still use a DBA. I've got a bank account under a DBA. And it's not me. To me, that's kind of my firewall between me and commerce when it comes to U.S. Inc., all right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, look at it this way, I guess. Oh, hold on a second. Let, let me frame my mind. Um, okay. Think of it this way. You have your own PMA set up, and that isn't where you're at. That is where you've put your person, and you know the difference between the two, correct? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's like a trust, like you would put your person in a trust. Right. A PMA is very similar to a trust, exactly, and it, only it's a little simpler and easier to do. Okay. Right? Now, uh, now, this PMA is something that was formulated underneath uh, the government of the United States of America, all right? Uh-huh. And it's kind of, when it comes to them, it's on what you do with your PMA. Uh, so when U.S. Inc. is trying to come after your person, uh, what you would do is you would turn around to the government of the United States of America and say, hey, I've got this foreign corporation trying to come after my person. Can you take care of this? Okay. It's kind of like it's kind of like China trying to lay a claim on somebody in Canada. You you can't you can't do without a country. You have to have a country. So if you try to do and you're stateless. That's not going to happen. 
Right. So Can't the PMA is under the government of the United States of America. Right. That's that, that's your flag. That's what you're under as the government of the United States of America. Uh, yeah. So you are uh, under a totally separate operation from U.S. Inc. So right. therefore, U.S. Inc. needs to get a hold of somebody in this government. Actually, it would happen vice versa. Uh, this government will get a hold of them and say, what are you doing? Right. Because that's, so in my totally, studies, that's, that's totally against the law of nations. Okay. So in my studies, um, once you got free of the U.S. Inc., if you were under the, the United States of America, they were saying to do, like, private trusts and stuff like that and put your house and cars and, you know, bank accounts and stuff like that in, in the name of the trust. Is this is this PMA a place where you lo- – is, is this – you lodge your assets under this PMA? You can put your assets underneath the PMA, yeah. You can do that. Okay. All right. I just want to, um, I mean, and, you know, the way, I, I'm, I'm sorry, It's all in how, when you first set up your PMA, it's on how you set it up. If If you don't designate a specific trust, they automatically put you into a trust or put your assets or whatever into a trust. Everything should be... Uh, put before the registrar, all of your property should go through the registrar of the United States of America. Well, whatever you do with the PMA or whatever, whatever you do with the PMA or whatever, the registrar takes care of that. Okay. And so, and that's, that's all part of the setup process. Once you get rolling with your, after your authentications, et cetera, right? Then you go into this PMA stuff. Right. Now, the government of the United States of America is not keen on doing the authentication of the certificate of live birth as I am. I mean, I'm a firm believer in it. They're not. Just a difference of opinion. But um, when you go there and you declare your nationality, the second thing you do is do the PMA. To okay. fully remove the the person from U.S. Inc. into a different jurisdiction. Um, myself, I'm I'm big on doing the authentication of the certificate of live birth uh, because what is it, under eight U.S.C. seventeen thirty three, the way it's looked at is that it is the original. And to me, whoever holds the original title to something, they're the one that gets to make the decisions. And if that, right. if I'm holding the original title to the organization that was created, then I get to move it and do what I want with it. Right. Now, um, just curious, did you get more than one authenticated or just one? No, I got multiple copies. I got multiple copies. Oh, copies, right? Like copies, the but there's only one. There's you only got one original, authenticated, and then you made copies. No, I, I got I got multiple certified copies from the state, and then I had them all authenticated at the state level and at the federal level. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. And, because and, because and the government... I like to hide things for myself. And I that means I lose things. 
<laughs> you know yeah, I mean? well, I don't know how many are available, but in my thought, don't do they do? Is it one every seven years that they that you have that are made available? And I thought each one is maybe has an an, an account in a series of numbers or something. And so, if you did multiple, right. you can get you can get at least ten done. You can get at least ten done. Oh I had gosh. three done. Okay. Actually, I've had four. I've got one that is apostilled. Right. Actually, I've got six. I, now you're making me think. I guess I got six. I've got one that's <laughs> apostilled. I've got one sitting aside that's just certified. And then I've got three others. Yeah, that's a total of five. I've got three others that are authenticated. You made a statement. And. That's what you did. Right. You and put in there and said, now, I'm leaving. Well, Give me my stuff. Well, <laughs> it, it yeah, is well, a birth there, certificate. There's multiple, there's multiple situations that you might need only a specific type of one in, and that's why I did that. Is and, this a birth certificate, well, Brian? That's a certificate of live birth. Okay. Yeah. The, the government of the United States of America won't hold that against you. If no, you, if you no, got it all, no. Because they know that was all a fraud to begin with. Yeah, that that people right. have done that for you know um, what since the mid eighties. Oh yeah, no, you know, this it, is sick. How long they've done that for? Uh, yeah. I believe it was uh, Colonel Edward well, Mendelhouse since the thirties. Yeah, Colonel oh, yeah. Edward Mendelhouse. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they won't hold that against you. You just need to turn it into them and the registrar will document that and they'll give you a residency on this land and then you are able to get your nationality after that. And you should get oh, your nationality. And, and you, you don't you don't turn it into them, really, but I mean, you show them a copy of it. Well, I, and, I and can that's one of the things, give too, them a certified copy. I want to, I want, right, but that's one of the things I want to address within this government is people go in and they start looking at stuff and they see words and they freak out. You know what? More, more freaking causes and situations have tumbled because of people arguing over words. And people see the word like resident, okay? I am a resident in the government of the United States of America. And people will go back, well, Brian, you've posted things that say a resident means this or that. Okay, yeah, sure I have. Correct, I have. But in this government, that's not what resident means. Resident means what the common man thinks it means. The common man thinks it means where you live. And that's all it means is where you live. It doesn't mean that you are here temporarily from somewhere else, which is what resident really means. Absolutely. So, you think you think you live in the state, but you don't live in the state. Your residency is an alien. That's why you have to have a license for everything you do. Because a license is something that you can get that otherwise would be illegal to have. Right. Right. Because you're actually a non-resident alien. But they don't yeah. give you those words. 
Absolutely. So now you're legitimate. You're legitimate now because you have an oath and affirmation to the original state or the great state of is what my ID says. And I appreciate that. Right. (laughs) Great state of, I just, I just real quick, I just got this cheesy looking. You can still see the corners on the GIF that they cut off of the internet and put a GIF in the lower left hand corner of my documents for the state seal. It is so cheesy looking. It's, Absolutely horrible, but whatever. It says full faith and credit on it, so I'm going with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Full faith and credit. I mean, how often do you get something like that from U.S. Inc.? And you know what? Actually, let me say this, because this is something I found fascinating uh, when I was doing the authentication for the certificate of life birth. When I first talked to the woman on the phone from Vital Statistics about getting it, or the health department, whichever it was. Um, after talking to her for about 20 minutes, she said, okay, we've got everything you need. Uh, you'll get your birth certificate in about a week to 10 days. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. I said, never once in this conversation have I said birth certificate. I've only said certificate by birth. And she said, okay, wait a second. She said, well, why do you need it then? Now, I'm saying this for people that are confused about how you get it. Uh, She said, well, what do you need it for? And when she said, what do you need it for? It bounced into my head that everything is commerce. It's all commerce. It's all run on commerce. So is a marriage. A marriage is commerce. So I told her, well, I'm getting married in another country. And she said, oh, it's like a light bulb came on in her head. Like I had never even said this yet. She says, oh, well, you need an authenticated copy of your certificate of live birth. And I'm thinking, that's all I've been saying this whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you you have to just say the right words. You just got to say the right words to them. That's all it comes down to. Wow. Here, here's the funniest part. The full faith and credit with $20 trillion in debt. Really? Don't kid around. Right. Well, and that, you know what? That's one of the things that got me when... Trump gave his inaugural speech. He said, we are giving the United States back to the American people. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't want the freaking United States back because it's full of debt. Don't give that crap back to me. (laughs) (laughs) You you stole it, now keep it. Yeah, I mean, as much as everybody loves Trump, I think he was pulling a bait and switch right there. And with a lot of what looks like good things that he's doing, I really advise people, still be leery, still be leery. Because, I mean, just that statement right there from his inaugural address kind of freaked me out a little bit. 
can't. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. He, yeah, you know I, the mark of a man, if he says what he, if he does what he says, you know, that's how you know. Well, characterization, right? That's right? how you. Characterization is what they say and what they do. <laughs> and with most exactly. people, they're two very different things. <laughs> and by the way, exactly. Dave, I'd stand and with you if I were in New Hampshire, but I'm not in New Hampshire and it's too long a ride. So just to be able to tag team well, and have somebody else know there who knows what they're talking about would be a huge value in Dave's case, standing in um, in the legislature. And... Um, I'm getting that well, idea that it would be a good Facebook, idea. He, if Facebook, he's got lots of groups. I think he's got about 50 groups. He what? I'm sorry? I said, if you're, I think he's got about 50 groups, so he's not hard to locate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come out of here, my people. That's what he said. Yeah, Come yeah. out of her, my people. All right, and, and that's what I stand on as well. But right. Dave's got a marriage certificate, uh, birth certificate, or uh, marriage license, birth certificate. He's got jackass judges. He's, oh, you name it. He's got tons of them. I had to disappear for a minute, so I just thought I'd unmute and tell you. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's called marriage yeah. license. We're just. Yeah. Ba- I was. I was just bashing all your groups. As you, it gives them attention. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like the abused puppy. He comes for attention. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there's there's marriage license, there's birth certificate, there uh, is uh, fake news versus fake news. Um, there's hidden history. There's Kitchen treasure. Kitchen treasure isn't just about fun recipes. It's about that, but it's also about toxic food, toxic substances, what have you. Um, there's a group page called the Government of the United States of America, 1781. Welcome. Um, it, I thought it would be nice to have a Facebook page dedicated specifically to that. Um, the only thing I would tell anyone, this has been the only problem, is they're adding friends, and when they do that, the friends don't know that they have to answer a questionnaire. And um, Facebook doesn't give me an option to stop people from adding friends. So hey, David. Yeah. If I can address that for a second. I've gone ahead and accepted some people there the past couple of days. But I want to let you know those are people that, yeah, those are people I actually know who are yeah, active. Yeah, I know. That. Okay. Yeah. So that's right. I, I'm just, well, that's I'm just not adding. I'm not okaying people willy nilly. Right. I, I know that. That's why you know, you're an administrator. <laughs> Ignorance no. is no excuse. Yeah, well, it isn't. However, you know, it's it's it's, it's rampant. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> in that big. You know, we, we, a, a, ignorance. What has happened is we're outnumbered. 
And we need to do something about that. No matter what we do, we have to fix that problem. Um, ignorance, ignorance is very hard to undo. And I actually work on specific people over and over and over and over in every way possible. I actually have a group of people that I work on with positive reinforcement. I have negative reinforcement. I have boxes of information. I have groups that I shove it down their throat. And let me tell you something. The whole friendly approach to doing things, giving them information, encouraging them positively, all the good stuff you do with your kids raising them, it doesn't work, okay? And I experiment to make sure. Uh, so the, the population is a big problem. As long as we have a debt-based economic system, the people are going to default toward debt instruments. And I think that's the it, It's that's funny, the too, because so many people say you have to pay for your education, otherwise you won't appreciate it. But my whole education has been off of YouTube, and I haven't paid for any of it. <laughs> Except for my monthly bill, but I have educated myself off of YouTube because I appreciate what these people have put out. And it's com a complete yeah. education that no one knows you know about. It's sick. How many people I you talk to? Go ahead. No, no. I, 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 when you, I'm from Boston. So when you pause for a millisecond, I think you're done. And then I interrupt you, and I don't want to do that. Okay, cool, Dave. I appreciate that. And since uh, you plugged uh, a group or two or whatever, I want to plug a group. So, um, Tactical Sovereignty on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I've changed the name a couple times. I think now it is Tactical Sovereignty Administering the Estate, My Pathway, A Journey. Because that's really what it's been. And it's been where I have posted stuff that I've learned. Uh, that way people could kind of follow my path and see the things that I've been studying. Uh, a lot of times I'll post things there that, you know what, I don't know anything about yet. I'm posting it there so I can go back and look at it. It's kind of my depository in a way. I've got people that come on, they're like, oh, how can you put this here? This is all bullshit. Well, Hold on. I haven't had a chance to even look at it yet. You're going through my depository and calling me out. To me, that's bullshit. I mean, I just had to block somebody today. I've been looking at him for six months, watching what he's been doing. I finally blocked him uh, just because I figured out who he is and what he's doing. Um, but that's the main group. Uh, it should be, I think it's at 11,000 people now. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that really lies underneath all of what we're talking about, and we hit on it tonight with the Masons and the Jesuits, that info I put into a group called Origins of Eternity by Tactical Sovereignty. So anybody listening to this call in the future or currently right now, that's where the spiritual side is at. Because if you go and post, if I went and put the spiritual aspects into the main group, everybody would be all freaked out because those seem to be the posts that get the most amount of conversation. 
is everybody wants to argue about their freaking religion and that their religion is best. Well, I'm sorry. I don't care if you follow Islam, if you follow the Methodists or the Lutherans or the Catholics, you all are going to freaking hell, period, because those are all man-made religions. If you're following a man-made religion, you're screwed. You're going to hell. That's my opinion. Oh, you know. I, Brian, I had I kinda, a lady. I, I kinda, I, hold on. Hold the on. Other, I kind of forgot. I was let me say something. I, I was going to end the recording before I said that stuff. So, That's fine. Anyway, let me, <laughs> let, me, let me end this recording. We can continue talking after the recording. But, yeah, I know people would probably kind of take that comment that I made kind of harshly. But I'm sorry. It's a fact. If you're following man, you're going to hell. That's just the bottom line. Anyway, hey, everybody. It's been a good night. We'll talk to you all later. Uh, the rest of us still on the call. We'll continue talking. Good night. Well, who's left? Oh, I'm here. You know that. <laughs> I'm still on Yay. the call. Yay. <laughs> that last comment cracked me up, Brian. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.